0: You're listening to the Hero Up Podcast with Jim Simcoe. Thanks for being here today. Let's get rolling with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Hero Up Podcast. We have our good friend, Blake Eugene Bender here with us today. <laughs> I'm so ashamed to that have gotten out into the world now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Today's topic is how to build confidence and self-esteem. Obviously, a very important topic. What do you think about? This? I don't know. why I am on this podcast to, to be to be truthful with you. Well, you're a pretty confident guy, and you know <sighs> you seem to have done pretty well in your life thus far. Fake it, it fake it till you make it. Fake you it till you make it. Right? Yeah. And there really are like you know five ways to really build self confidence and self esteem. And um, but first off, kind of before we get into that, you know, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, have you seen this exhibited in your life in times when you've been confident, you haven't been confident? Like what? Do you, how 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 important to you? do you think confidence is to someone's general life?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, it is certainly a really big question. I think that there's no way it's not somehow playing a role in every person's life out there. And so um, I I do think it can be compartmentalized pretty, pretty greatly within each person. Like you might be really confident in social settings, but not super confident in, physical settings or maybe you're confident when it comes to elements that are in your control at, at work, but um, you're feeling a little bit less secure in, in other uh, departments of your life. So I think yeah. that, um, you know, there are probably some underlying principles uh, to all of these things that, yeah. um, you know, if you f- you know are able to be successful in one of them, um, it's, it could certainly be the case that um, you can evaluate what those circumstances are that led to that confidence and apply them elsewhere. Have you seen examples of that in your own life? Uh, sure, sure. I mean, I, I think that you know any any person who who's an adult at this point has either um, which we both fall has, into that category. Uh, right? like, I don't. Like yeah.
0: technically, we are adults uh,
1: by by most by most, most, most modest standards. Uh, you have children. <laughs> I have dogs and a and a business and, and stuff yes. like that. So I guess yes. that we do. We are adults by, by yeah. now. But um, yeah, I, I don't think that there's any way that anyone
0: couldn't. Uh, be impacted by their confidence or lack thereof in in some, some shape or form. I, I feel like, you know, in the business, in the business world, my experiences in business, I see really big examples of people of when they're confident, how they approach different parts of their career and different parts of working together. Mm -hmm. And then when they're not confident, how that manifests itself and how it plays out. And I've seen that kind of both in, you know, kind of good sides and bad sides. Like, because if you work with someone who's a confident person, they don't really get that riled that easy. They don't get that worked up on certain things Mm -hmm. because they're confident in their own abilities and they don't take things as a personal attack. Whereas some people, you can see like low self-esteem, low confidence, you know, they have a tendency sometimes to just lash out. Can,
1: is, can I ask you a question
0: just pertaining
1: to the way we're going to use the term in, in this uh, podcast episode? Mm-hmm. How, how would you define uh, confidence and and in, in what context do you,
0: um, you know, mm-hmm. evaluate that, I guess? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. And we should have started with that. That's a great <laughs> question. Um for me, I think confidence is the ability to believe in yourself and give yourself the the freedom to be successful and the freedom to fail and then realizing that you're a good person no matter what. And I think that that's, you know, something we'll talk about a little bit later, but I think that if you have a certain set of ideals that you've chosen to live by and you've chosen to live your way in a certain way, if you've chosen to live your way your 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 life in a certain way, then that inherently will help you build confidence. So I I actually think confidence is one of the most powerful things. One of the most important things you can have in in your life. I know many examples of people who are uh, extremely confident and have just outkicked their coverage in life and, 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 just have just ended up being, you know, doing way more than you, you would think that they would do. I hate those people. Yeah. <laughs> well, you see it in here too, right? I mean, you see people and I see people in here who here, here being the gym, Here being in the gym. We're outside, we're outside the gym. This is why if you hear any loud banging, it's barbells being dropped. Or, yeah. No one's uh, being kidnapped. No one's being kidnapped to, Today. Today. Nobody's being kidnapped today. But so I see, I think it manifests itself in here too. You see people who are confident in certain areas and they're able to do more in here. And then you see other people who are not, and they don't, they don't challenge themselves as much. Or they don't feel comfortable challenging themselves as much. And I'll be honest, like that's how I was when I first started. Mm-hmm. I was very nervous, very anxious, very low confidence, you know, being in here. Cause I didn't know what the hell a cleaning jerk was mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to do any of those movements um, not that I'm not much better now, but I'm way <laughs> more confident now, and I'm more willing to try new things and try, you know, take a few more risks yeah. because I feel that. Uh, believe what does it mean to you? Tell me what it means to you.
1: Yeah, I I, I think that sums it up pretty good. I think uh, just having the the faith in yourself. I'm going to try not to use the word confidence in the definition of confidence. That would having, be bad. Having uh, be bad. just an underlying faith in your abilities to to you know, be successful in whatever, whatever it is you need confidence for. Right. Um, so again, I I do think it can be very, very much compartmentalized in so many different facets, even, uh, if we, you know, work under the umbrella of somebody's fitness or physical ability, like you might be really confident when it comes to your ability to succeed in something that's like an endurance, uh, task or, you know, venture, but, uh, maybe you're really lacking in that, that, you know, internal faith in your ability to right. be successful in something else that's maybe strength oriented or right. skill
0: oriented that you've not invested time into. I've got to say that I'm pretty confident in my abilities in the gym, but I'm not confident in my dancing abilities. Yeah. I don't. I feel for, very, for good reason. <laughs> <I> feel very <laughs> low, low level of confidence yeah. in that, unfortunately. Okay. So tell me about, let's talk a little bit about personal examples, if okay. you would. You know, and I don't want to you know this doesn't need to be a cry fest or whatever although if it is it makes it more interesting so feel free to do so sure. some just give me some examples of times when you felt really just kind of down in the dumps low confidence low self esteem like what happened you know like
1: yeah i mean uh i think in my own it, world life experience. Most of these things come down to what I've I had experiences in. And in many cases, if I'm lacking confidence in something, it's because I didn't either didn't prepare for it or just don't have a lot of experience in that, uh, uh, facet of life. I mean, it would be really easy to say that like when we first opened my business here at the the gym, Stratum Fitness, um, I, certainly wasn't particularly confident in, in knowing what was required in order to be successful. I wasn't confident in setting up a business to stand on its own. I wasn't confident right. in my ability to, to discuss like... Asking people to pay me money for my, you know, coaching and access to my facility, um, but that was just a, a reflection of the fact that I didn't have a lot of experience at, at that at the time, and so uh, did that create a certain level of anxiety
0: for you? Oh, totally, totally, and and it's like, would you guys ever like, holy shit, are we ever going to make a dollar? I mean,
1: uh, I still think that to this day. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's those are all things that I had to work through, and my process in in terms of addressing uh, that was just having to, to jump in both feet first like if, i certainly wasn't completely confident that we were going to be successful by whatever your you know my definition at the time was i would think
0: of this place places being a very uh, successful
1: place at this we point. were still open so that's something yes. six years in um but the uh you know looking looking to others who've been through the the process and, and looking to others who've been able to uh i guess create the, the, the path for what we defined as success right. and just trying to consume as much information as I can. And I think that like, is again, the example of me in business and getting into this when I was 22, 23 years old or something along those lines. Um, but I don't think it's really all that different if it's uh, a social setting. Like if you're, uh, if, uh, you know, you're 15 years old and, uh, you don't feel confident in, you know, uh, walking into a party and, and uh, right. surrounded by your peers and, and having conversations, then probably need to take a small dose of that and learn and, you know, spend time in uh, among two or three people that you're comfortable with and right. then try to, you know, slowly over time develop just a tolerance and, and uh, comprehension of what's required in
0: order to be successful in that environment. Do you think based on that, do you think confidence is a skill that you can develop or in, incrementally? Do you think it comes all at once? How do you when you I mean, and what do
1: you think about it? Uh, my, my perception is, uh, certainly some people are inherently a little bit more confident, uh, just in, in many tasks in, in whatever they want to pursue. Um, if like, I think that people who on average are Really successful in whatever they do in their you know in their their youth and, and uh childhood, whether it be uh, athletically, socially, academically. Like if you have somebody who's always been successful in everything they've done, um, they probably have a sense that you know the the world is their oyster and they can uh, conquer those things. Alternatively, right. um, uh, some people even if they are successful, like maybe they have really high expectations or perf- like kind of perfectionist by nature. Right. Um, those individuals, even if you know you or I looking at them externally would say like that's a successful person, if they don't feel as though they're meeting their own expectations and, and perfect standards, like maybe they are experiencing like lo- low confidence. Right. Um, which I guess that does make me kind of think that that confidence has to be something that is not uh, the world projecting an emotion or an experience on someone, but something right. that somebody themselves
0: experiences. Yeah. Um, in totally terms of their great. own personal
1: perception. Yeah, hundred
0: yeah. percent. I mean, I, I think it's totally something that's internal. I think of it as like the fuel for the car. Like if you, you know, the more confident you are, the more things you're able to do. I remember, um, um, I'll tell you just a quick example of mine. So when I was in college, freshman year, I played lacrosse mm-hmm. and I flew out. We, our team flew out to San Diego for spring training and I remember at the time, I really wanted to play attack in college. And attack is kind of – I don't know how to explain it in soccer sense because I don't know anything about soccer. But it's whoever the, the guy shooting the goals in yeah. soccer are. What do they call those guys? I just say no shit. <laughs> uh, a forward and an offensive I don't even know if there are two Cs in soccer, quite honestly. Yeah, an offensive player. Offensive player. So sure. um so I really wanted to play attack, and but I was very anxious because I was a freshman. And I wasn't that big.
1: I always wanted to play attack with the ladies in high school, but it never <laughs> happened.
0: Probably never <laughs> happened. But anyway, so I remember there was this guy named Ryan. I can't remember his last name. And there are, four, there are three attack positions, and uh-huh. I really wanted to start. And this, he was like a junior, and he said that he was going to be trying out for attack too. And I got really intimidated by this guy, mm-hmm. even though I knew I was better than him because he was kind of like – Uh, he just wasn't that tough. Mm -hmm. And, and I knew I was, I knew intrinsically that I was better than him, but I just didn't have the confidence at the time going into it to, to in my head say like, well, no, I'm going to still try out for attack. And, and, you know, regardless of what anyone else says and how I saw that manifest in my life was so that what, what ended up happening was I had a decent college career lacrosse wise, but how it manifested for me is that, I didn't end up playing a position I wanted to play. I settled. I ended up playing defense and long stick midi and midfield. And what was that long stick midi? It's actually called long stick midi. <laughs> I it's love a, that. <laughs> I bet you do. Um, they don't have that in soccer, I'm no, pretty they sure. Do not. They don't. St- I wish that was my nickname. <laughs> <laughs> we, I can make a call. Yeah. You can see sure. if we get a change. But that was a big thing for me because I saw that how that played out in my life is that for because I was intimidated and just didn't have the confidence in that moment literally for the next four years of my college career, I played a totally different position because I was intimidated by somebody and, didn't, and wasn't willing to start. So I think that that's why confidence is so important. So that when you're in those moments, you know, it's one thing when you're, if your confidence is awesome, is super high, that's fantastic. But it's more about like, I think when you're, when you don't have a lot of confidence or you don't have a high self-esteem, what does that actually do to you? For me, it caused anxiety just caused paralysis in the sense that like I didn't go after something it cost me opportunity instead of trying something that I really would have been I think would have been really successful at um Like, I'll never know. Like, I'll never know how I would have done. Can I ask you this question?
1: Uh, If in going back, do you think there's anything other than just like, you know, taking the plunge and, and, uh, you know, saying, hey, I'm also trying out for that position. Do you think that you could have cultivated more confidence in the way you had prepared for that? Or uh, if you were to go back and do things over, would you have changed anything that possibly would have contributed to your confidence?
0: Or do you just... Without a doubt. uh I mean, like, even what you just said, like, so my stomach actually clenched a little bit when you said, Hey, I'm trying out for that position too, because I'm as a general, thumb, i a pretty non-confrontational person, I'm actually thinking about starting a competitive podcast <laughs> right now. <laughs> you are. Oh, great. So this will be the last episode I'm signing off. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I'm going to go get a corporate job. No, I'm not doing that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, at that point in my life, I mean, I lived and breathed lacrosse. I mean, uh-huh. I was like, that's a truck in the background. Um, I was as prepared as I, as I was ever going to get. And I'm left-handed. And in lacrosse back then being left-handed was like, you know, nobody was left-handed. So I had a, a several inherent abilities. I was a good shooter. I was fast. I was quick. And, um, yeah, I think back then, I think that if, if I could do it all over again, I would give myself the ability to steal my stomach in that moment and say like, Hey, good. I'm trying out too. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll, you know, we'll see what happens and just be okay with that and saying that. And at the time I just wasn't, I wasn't confident enough. This guy was taller than I was, and you know, for whatever reason, you got thought, a complex
1: about that. Yeah,
0: I do have a complex <laughs> about that. But, um, but yeah, for whatever reason, it just didn't. It just didn't. Um, it just didn't work. Totally. Yeah, for me, or for anyway. Do but, you
1: do you think that your did your play suffer as a result of that all, as well? Like, did you not play as well as you could have given the that context?
0: You know, that's a good example. Um, a good question. You know, probably. Quite honestly, probably. I probably. It kind of set the tone for my career because I was recruited to play lacrosse. Uh, My roommate was also recruited and him and I went to the same high school and he was a pretty confident guy, probably way more confident than he should have been, but he was really good. But yeah, it kind of set the tone because I ended up playing a position I didn't enjoy as much. Mm -hmm. And then I felt like instead of being, you know, a big part of the team, I was kind of an outlier. So I was on the team. I still started and I still played, but I just wasn't like, I could have done way more. I could have. Yeah. And that's the thing that, that, you know, that I think about, like, even now I'm 40 years old. I think about something that happened literally 30 years ago when I was 18 yeah. and how like one conversation in a hotel room in Pacific <laughs> beach, California, it's, it's crazy how it. like how painful some of that shit can still oh my be. God. It just it's like unbelievable. still weighs on you. Yeah. It's for unbelievable. For sure. And it's like, and, and I think of like, how did that aspect, you know, change other aspects of my life? Like, how did that go? So yeah. What about you? Have you had moments like that? Yeah, certainly. I tell me I mean, about your soccer moments.
1: Even yeah, even just within my athletic career. So my basic, you know, soccer career I'd played competitively all growing up and that was kind of my, my deal. Uh and then when I went to college, I was going to the community college for the first uh, couple of years of my, you know, college career academically. Um, and so I played for the, the local division three, um, junior college team. Um, but previous to like my, in my senior, in my senior year's competitive season, I had busted my knee, um, and just had this like general clicking and inflammation in the knee. And I played on it for which those things are bad. I played on it for months and, uh, I thought it was one of those things where like, okay, if I just take some time off, eventually it'll, it'll go away. And so like it, the, it would basically be such that the swelling would go down, but then I'd go and play on it again. and It would just swell right Pop, back right up. Back so up, yep. anyway, I had a torn meniscus, which was identified only weeks prior to the, uh, like summer season or the summer tryouts, if you will start. Um, right. but I'd already made a connection with the coach. I had had a, uh, good reputation and it was like pretty well assumed that like I I was gonna be on the team once you know the, the season kicked off right um, but yeah going into it I basically had a surgery and men- the nature of meniscus sur- surgeries was such that within four weeks you can jog on it or at least that's what I was uh, instructed I could do and whatnot but right. um, it, it really meant that while the entire team was performing double days and really getting into shape uh, I was sitting there on this like zero resistance re- recumbent bicycle pedaling oh. away for like four hours a day in the middle oh, of the, the Northern California sun. And it was just this like d- draining, exhausting process. But I still had this like general sense of like, yeah, like, fuck, I can I can hang with these guys. Like yeah. I I was confident in myself in that setting. But then, you know, finally, I get to go back in the, on the field and I'm just like, holy shit, I am so <laughs> out of shape. And I really just didn't trust my knee. Like I, I couldn't ex- like there was a ton of atrophy. My left knee, which was healthy, was like double the size of my right my right thigh at the time uh, because I'd played on it for months prior to that, and then you know I had it basically uh, you know not moving a whole lot up until that point um, And so, yeah, I just I started playing in the season uh, or, or, you know, in the preseason and some of the the practices and whatnot. And it was just so hard to get in shape. And I, I, you know, didn't have the acceleration or just confidence to be able to decelerate and all that stuff. Right. Which it turns out that's pretty important in soccer. (laughs) Um, And yeah, it just like really kind of broke me psychologically in that in that time because, you know, here I am with this identity that this is what I do, like I'm I'm good at this. Right. Um and then to be in a position where like, A, you can't perform and then I kind of just got complacent after a period of time and was like, I'm just gonna be comfortable riding the bench because, you know, like what like I'm it's it's kind of a, an easy out if you will. Right. Um at one point in the season though I can recall just getting really fed up with it and watching a game where I, you know, didn't play at all and again this is maybe halfway through the season and my legs are kind of getting under me but I can re- recall like asking the the coach if I could instead of giving the Giving my socks back to uh, the uh, laundry guy because uh, you know they did the, the uniforms yeah. and stuff in between sessions. I was like, "Hey, I'm going to go and like run for 30 minutes or something like." Because I didn't do any of that during the game. Like, right. I'm going to finally take it upon myself to get into shape. And so, really, the story there was by the end of the season, uh, I had gotten back into the position where I was like confident and again. I could remember just a few weeks back into it, and I'm roughing guys up and and like feeling like the physical presence that I was accustomed to. Right, right, right. Um, And you know, and then the season basically ended and I was just like, God, I want nothing to do with like that experience again. And it is kind of too bad because I think it created a chip on my shoulder. You know, now I own this gym and you know, we were affiliated or we are affiliated with CrossFit. Right. Um, But Mm -hmm. I feel like I really had unfinished business in this like athletic department and arena for a really long time um, because I wanted to kind of prove to myself that I, I was really fit, you know, capable and I was uh, able to stack up against some of the best. It turns out I'm still not, but you know, (laughs) I, I feel I feel like i really got to i feel really fortunate because uh I got to see that see that entire process out and i don't have any unfinished unfinished business uh yeah. now in that department of my life um and so you know I have been able to develop develop confidence through um just going through the the regular trials and tribulations and, and experimenting with those things. And uh, so that's really brought a lot of a sense of peace into my um, life in that department, I yeah. guess. It's crazy how
0: it manifests itself though, yeah. right? And how like it still holds on. Like, I'm sure, you know, like, I still remember that conversation in that hotel room and I remember everything that's happened. It's 30 years ago. And sure yeah. You remember everything for, totally. from your soccer thing too. All right, let's talk about, um, so I really feel like there are five ways to really build confidence and self-esteem for people who are listening. And they are, Choosing And I want to talk about each one of these, but choosing success over perfection, judging yourself against yourself, figuring out how to power through tough times, collecting small wins, and then maintaining your center by having non-negotiable ideals. So let's talk about this for a second. So choosing success over perfection. So my theory on this, and I want your opinion, obviously, is, is that way too many people focus on being perfect and putting the perfect picture on Instagram and thinking like, I got to have the perfect lift or whatever, instead of just thinking of being successful. Because you can be successful and allow for failure along the way. That's my theory. What are your thoughts? Uh, you know, this is
1: not something I've personally struggled with a whole lot. If, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, most, Which is good. Then you can tell yeah, people yeah, like, my, why you don't struggle. With most, it. most people know that I'm not like a perfectionist, and that's not the way that I, I live my life. And I think that it generally allows. And and so it, you know, I will say to some ex, some sometimes I need higher standards in my life. <laughs> um, and what so I'm talking about his
0: fashion, fashions fashion is fantastic. Yeah,
1: some, something I will struggle with, for example, is like I um, I'm kind of a dreamer, and I like particularly when it comes to my business and and all that stuff. Like I have a lot of different ideas and directions that I want to go, uh, but I don't always do the best time of sifting through those things and. Right. I'll start projects and then not finish them.
0: Um, so you're not focused on perfection. That's like I'm, not a thing.
1: Yeah. You know, I don't know. And maybe, maybe there's parts of my life where I, I, I do want to seek that out and whatnot, but I certainly see plenty of people who do have that struggle. And I think that it deteriorates their ability to be content and happy, um, yeah. because they're, you know, constantly, uh, feeling just like they they haven't reached the pinnacle of whatever they're wanting to achieve. So right. like, I've, I've certainly seen that with, people in the gym and like there can be an all, all or nothing approach in which somebody, you know, if they're, if they're not able to be perfect on their diet seven days a week, then they're not going to, they're not going to eat healthy at all. Like it's either I'm all in or I'm all out. Right. Um, and so, you know, at the end of the day, I think that it's, uh, uh, kind of comes from needing a sense of control over these things. Um, and my just life experience has been such that, you know, shit's life's too short uh, <laughs> to to be stressed. You should put that on
0: a T-shirt somewhere. Yeah, I guess so. life's too short. Yeah, yeah, I think it's super true. I mean, I think it's you know, I see it all the time. People who are like, are they need to be perfect and they need to be right all the time. And I'm like, that just looks exhausting. Yeah. So I think for people listening, I mean, I think that that's one of the biggest things you can do is choose to be successful over perfection because it allows you to fail and it do you, allows do you, you. Think. Have you struggled
1: personally with being a perfectionist?
0: um i you know no yeah no i mean can i we, see we cheers it. our microphones is that like <laughs> we're cheersing our microphones um maybe when i was younger yeah. i think once i got married that just went out the window so, same I, thing I, when I, I got dogs yeah, was yeah, like, yeah it's just never like same. it just never it's just like trying to be perfect is exhausting i've seen other people try it i see moms you know in our circle of friends who are focused on really being perfect and i'm like it's 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 exhausting and it's self-defeating i think because you're just you're going in again you're going towards an ideal that you can never hit and Mm -hmm. i had this guy i worked with a long time ago named alan weiss and he said he always used to say he used to say jim there'll always be a bigger boat and i was like what the (laughs) fuck are you talking about i have no idea what that means and he said you know this is on the East Coast, and we he lived in Newport, Rhode Island, and which is a big yawning community. He said, "You know, everywhere you go in life, you can get the biggest boat in the world. Someone else is going to have a bigger boat. You can be the smartest guy in the world. There's always going to be somebody smarter. You know, you can be the best. You know, the best dressed guy. There's always going to be somebody better than that." And he just kind of got it into my head early in my career that like trying to compete or keep up with the Joneses is just like a bad Mm -hmm. Bad idea. And you see it. I mean, I think that you see it in social media so many times. And, you know, we see it in with with people online when they've got kids like they're always taking pictures of their kids when, you know, things are great or when the food looks awesome. And as you know, from like anything on my Instagram, like it's like I post the dumbest stuff ever because I just think the dumbest (laughs) (laughs) and like the lip sync videos and everything else. 'Cause I think it's funny, and it's you know. Refreshing, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, like, and it's, it's real. A, like I'm not I don't want to be perfect in any way. I want my hair to always be perfect, which, <laughs> which I'm struggling with right you're now. I'm there. close. But um no, seriously. But no, I think I think choosing success over perfection is one of the things that has always served me in my life. It just hasn't you know, it's just never been a thing for me, but I see it for a lot of other people. And I think yeah. that's, I mean, I, that's when I'm coaching or talking to people, that's one of the things I always focus on. I'm like, well, I'm not doing this the exact right way. And I'm like, who gives a shit?
1: Nobody yeah. else is either. I think, I think too, if I can add to that, like anytime I've seen someone strive for perfection in one department of their life, it almost always means that there's some neglect elsewhere. And whether that means like you want to be the perfect at your job and business or, you know, whatever it is you're doing, it probably means you're not being the perfect spouse or the perfect parent or the perfect at taking care of your body or the perfect, you know, friend in, in committing to your relationships and whatnot. So, um, I, I do recognize that if I am to really invest myself in one department of my life, it probably means that um, I can't, uh,
0: you know, tend tend to the needs of other, yeah. of other areas as well yeah. as to the degree it needs. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The second one on here is judging yourself against yourself, who you were yesterday, not necessarily anybody else. And I have a, a quick story about this. Is that – can I ask – are we recommending you do do that or not do that? No. <laughs> we recommend that you judge yourself against yourself, not against others. Oh, got it. Um, so Mayor Mike, who used to work out in here, who- The mayor. The mayor. I love him. Who, uh, him and I, when we first met and became you know, pretty good friends, we realized we're the exact same height, exact same weight, exact same age within like a couple of months, same- educational. Are you sure you're up. not twins? We might be twins. Same kind of hair, same, just, just, we had like 50 things. We counted it once, like 50 things in common. Uh-huh. Once we both have like one white dog, just like ran. We both <laughs> have a daughter. Like it just ran. I so. didn't know all this. Um, But working out with him, I used to be very critical of myself when I would see him lift because I would see him squat and the guy is a, a beast and can do like, you know, 270 pounds or whatever and i'm literally 100 pounds less than what he was i was doing less than 100 pounds or more than 100 pounds of what he was doing he was doing way more than me which is the case (laughs) spit it out and i and i found yeah and i found uh that i spent a lot of time and you can you see this manifest itself in a gym you it's very easy to spend time judging yourself against others i can judge myself against eric when i see him doing you know, kipping pull-ups for days with a shirt off and he's got like 5% body fat or whatever. You know, it's easy. And I think it's such a damaging thing to do that. And really the key is to judge yourself against who you were yesterday. And so I have to look at like, okay, who is the man I am today versus the person I was last week, last month, last year, 10 years ago. And is that, am I trending in the the way that I want to trend or am I going in the wrong direction? What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think, uh... On all of those, it's just it's really important that you have perspective on these things. And the reason I had kind of asked jokingly whether, you know, judging yourself against your old self is the direction you want to go is because I I also recognize that there's lives change. And so if I continue on the, the gym analogy, like there's probably physical uh physical things that I've done before that I am probably unlikely to ever complete again in my life which is kind of right. sad to say that out loud but <laughs> like um and it really just comes down to I'm not willing to sacrifice the my you know time and physical investment into uh, trying to back squat 450 pounds. Like, you know, I've, I've achieved a certain, uh, number that for me, I'm, I'm pretty content with. Um, and it, you know, has established that I've, I've clearly spent time trying to understand how to get strong, which is important to share with my clients and to make sure I've gone through that, you know, uh, uh, phase of my life as well. Um, but I'd rather allocate my time to other, uh, physical, uh, The development of other physical characteristics right um and that may mean i just invest less into you know developing the squat, for example
0: so do you find i mean do you find in your whether it's your career or in your athletic endeavors have you ever have you ever really like spent time judging yourself against others or
1: yeah totally i don't i don't think uh i think that's kind of a very primitive human instinct is to you know uh, this monkey look at that monkey and say like, oh, right. they've got more fruit than I do, or or this person has, uh, they have a, uh, I was gonna say hotter girlfriend, but I know that's not the case for me, right. uh, because you're married, you yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I think that's something that's probably really prevalent in like the uh, social media epidemic, which is like, if I'm continuing with the the working out analogy. Uh, no matter how strong I am, there's always somebody who's stronger. There's always somebody who has a bigger boat. Uh, there's other businesses that have more members. There's other businesses that, uh, you know, have better looking members, uh, I'm probably... I would, I, I'm going to
0: debate that one. I don't see... Yeah. I, we have a good-looking crew. Up in we here. do
1: have a good-looking crew. Yeah, I don't um, think that's... The, but, well, you know, I, at the end of the day, like, you don't also... You also don't see everything that's going on behind the scenes. Right. Just because somebody has more members doesn't mean that they're more profitable. Right. Just because somebody... Or this, happy. even just take
0: it down to happy. Like, I mean... I was, I was going there. Oh, you are? Go ahead. But
1: just because somebody squats more doesn't mean that they feel better. And just because uh, somebody has, you know, their hips move more fluidly and they have better mobility doesn't mean that they're more satisfied than you with where they're at. Right. And again, circling back all of those things, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're more content or happy
0: with, you know, where you're at in life. Right. Okay. Number three and how to build confidence and self-esteem. And this is one I think that, um, I think is really important is you have to figure out how to be able to power through tough times? So, how do you? Because we're we all get in tough times. Like we're all in tough times, and I think that you can really sort of circle the drain when you're in those times, or you can figure out a way to maintain your self-esteem, maintain your confidence in those times, and get through them. So, what do you what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I I mean. I I know that everyone can relate on some level. No one's never had some some form of, sh- of struggle, and I know that varies dramatically by degree and kind for folks. But um, I think for me, I'm I'm really fortunate in that I have a really great support system around me, and there's I have people in my life who I can talk to and lean on, and like really just have being in a position to have conversations and, and venting um, right. allows me to. And kind God of for cope, Jess. yeah, cope, for, cope, with that stuff, Woman and and, uh, and then just take action on it because I think that once you've uh, you've gone through that process of uh, process of just like. Uh, getting those, you know, feelings off your chest and what you're, what you're afraid of or apprehensive towards, um, then you're, you're finally able to, to put it all in the context and then try to make steps in order to change those things. I think that, uh, hopefully when this is all said and done, uh, whoever this audience is out there, hello, and thank you for listening. If you're there for listening, uh, it, you know, it's just the message of, of being empowered to take action and, and knowing that it's not, it's not like it's totally, uh, normal, a normal part of human, you know, experience to feel unconfident about something. Yeah. Um, but it's your responsibility to, to improve your life and change it through taking action and, and through relying upon the resource resources that are available. And again, for most, I think that will hopefully be relationships
0: or people that you've uh, invested in. Yeah, I would agree. I totally agree with that. And you said something important. I think it's, you know, it's our responsibility to do it. I mean, I always look at tough times. I always think about like, hey, this is time limited. Like, this is eventually going to end. Like This is ultimately going to, you know, times I've had surgery or times, you know, a thousand years ago when I, I would have a bad breakup or something bad at work would happen. I would just think like, because my mom taught me like, it's time limited. It's never going to go. It's never going to go forever, um, and then I also think that in those times, if you can focus on what you can actually control and what's in your control, um, it's better to do that than worry about what happened or try and change something that that you know you can't change. I find myself in those situations now, you know, and I have uh, different things happening in in my life that I ruminate on, and uh, I had one recently, and I was like, I can't control what happened, but I can control my response to it and I can control my attitude to it. And I found that by figuring that piece out, it actually made the issue less painful and allowed me to get through it without, you know, kind of losing my center too, too much. So, yeah, it sounds, it sounds like if you have that orientation, then you're yeah, like in a way stronger position to be able to actually cope and move on and take action. Yeah, totally. So number four, it's collecting small wins. So the way I look at this one is that in our lives every day, you have the ability to collect small wins all the time, which just naturally gets you in the habit of thinking of yourself as a person who is successful and is someone who is a winner. And so, and what I mean by that is like setting up wins where you actually control the actions versus someone else controlling it. So saying, Hey, I'm going to go for a walk three times a week is something that you can control versus saying, I'm going to walk at a 10 minute pace. Or if you go to, you know, if you're on a, if you're trying to eat a certain way, or if you're trying to lose 10 pounds, instead of saying, I'm going to lose 10 pounds in the next month, you say, Hey, I'm going to do these things in my diet and remove these other things. So you control the actions and then you let the outcomes lay where they, where they lay. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. I, I think that's a really, really great point. And that's one of my biggest frustrations with like, goal setting and kind of self-help culture is this idea of like trying to control the outcome and, and, and simply, uh, you know, having expectations that you can't, you do have control of those things because quite simply, you You don't, you can do everything, everything in your power to, uh, win some race, but if somebody, you know, is simply more talented or, or faster than you, like you're not gonna that that doesn't mean that you didn't take all the steps necessary for doing so. Um in in my own life, because I do work with uh members and clientele who are trying to uh be able to achieve physical tasks and they might set a goal of, hey, I wanna continuing on with the, the squat example, like I wanna squat two hundred pounds, like right. you really are completely out of, out of control of uh, you know, whether or not you can do that, what you can control is, Hey, I'm going to perform these exercises two times a week. I'm going to, uh, you know, every day at the end of, of my training, I'm going to write down what my level of focus was, what my level of distraction was. Uh, and, and, you know, try to at least on average, have a, uh, eight out of 10 on, on those things or whatever, however you want to, want to scale it. So I do think it's super important that, because if you just have the, uh, blanket statement of, I want to achieve this, like it is just completely out of your control. And if you don't achieve it, you don't really learn anything from it right. where, right. Um, right, if you can so track true. that, if you can track it, then, uh, you know, you can say, Hey, I took these steps in the past, uh, for one reason or another, I got closer, but I didn't actually achieve what I wanted to. So what, what next can change? Right, um, or you can just change your goal. And just, nobody's, nobody's <laughs> saying that, like, I right. see that all the time. Like people are entirely entitled to change their minds on things. And yeah. it would be uh, too bad if, if you were stubborn on something
0: like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. And I love that. Control the actions, not the outcomes because the outcomes are just going to be the outcomes.
1: Totally. You know, and that,
0: that makes a lot of sense. Okay, last one. Maintain your center by having a non-negotiable set of ideals that you choose to live by. So as you know, when we did, I don't know if you were here for that part, but during the... Um, here up Summit, we wrote a personal manifesto and I've mm-hmm. done that in my own life. And, and really my thinking on that is like, there's just certain ideals in my life that are just non-negotiable and whatever they are and whatever yours are, whatever else's are, it helps me in way in, in areas where my confidence could take a hit or my self-esteem could take a because I, because in my head, I can say like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to live to this ideals or to these ideals. And as long as I live to these ideals, no matter what happens, everything ends up working out. What are your, what are your, may, may I ask? Cause I'm yeah. I'm curious, what are a couple of
1: examples of maybe an ideal that you have to make sure that you're checking the box on? Uh, I'll give
0: you a, there are a lot, I'll give an easy one. So one of my ideals is to chase my passions, not money. And in different parts of my career over the years, I've chased money mm-hmm. and I've said like, Oh, I'm going to go work there. I'm going to work with this guy. I always thought he was a money grabber. (laughs) Where's your wallet? (laughs) Um, And what I found was that I'm not happy doing that. I don't. And even times where I've made a ton of money, I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of my ideals that I don't chase money. I don't chase cash. So, cause people bring me deals, you know, I get deals put in my face a lot uh, on different things. And, I turn down a lot of them because of that, because it's, if it's not somebody I want to work with or something I'm passionate about doing, I just, I'm not going to do it. So that's an ideal of mine. And what it does, what, what, what a good thing about it for me is it just kind of makes my life a little easier because if someone comes in here and says, Hey, I'll pay you, you know, 200 grand, but I want you to be my CEO and work 60 hours a week. And you going to move to like Ohio for two years. Like it's just not on my radar to even remotely consider it because mm-hmm. I'm just not, I'm just not going to live by that. And I, I think ideals change sure. like, very much. They, they probably could change, but that's an easy one. What about you?
1: Oh, I'm, I feel as though I'm struggling with this question right now. Uh, if I'll just kind of, you should try- see
0: the body language in this guy yeah, right now. It's yeah. like, he's it's like, like, like yeah, in jail. yeah, <laughs> my
1: tails between my legs. Uh, you know, I, I think that um, as it comes to kind of running my business that's something that we've we've always been pretty uh, attentive to uh, it, we've always been in the position that we wanted the quality of the
0: the training that people receive tell me about one of yours though i don't care about the business
1: well the, I care this about is business, but... this is this is mine in that it okay. it it interrelates with like my ideals as to i want i want for people okay. to have yeah. a an outlet in which they can feel as though they're uh, okay able to move their bodies and, and connect with connect with themselves on that front. Um but, you know, if if we get into a position where the my business is just so overrun by people that don't fit like don't aren't served properly for it right. by it, then um that doesn't necessarily bring me back to to what we started this thing for.
0: And so right. um again, I feel as though I'm struggling a little bit with this with this question. It's but, tough. Yeah. I mean it's tough. It's not easy. It's not I don't think it's one where you could be like Hey, so what do you believe in? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And I, for me, I found that um, when I wrote my personal manifesto, which it just sounds cheesy even saying it. But usually like, I associate that with like psychopaths where they release it before yeah, before they, they it do it's something It's usually in crayon. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like 30 pages long. No, I wrote mine in a uh, about three, four years ago in a really tough time in my life. Like things with my wife, you know, weren't fantastic. Um, thank God they're fantastic now. Business was not fantastic, and I just was like, I just like got so fed up, and I'm like, you know, do I do this? Do I do that? What about this? How do I do this? And then I was like, I just got to a point. Where I was like, I'm not playing by any set of rules. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not. I'm like all over the fucking place, yeah. and I need to have some some rules and some just some general ideas of what I believe in and what I, you know, like what don't I believe in, and what are the things that like, you know, and the things that I don't believe in, like. Why the fuck am I doing any of that stuff? Mm-hmm. And so, when in writing that down, I mean, I even wrote down like, you know, people I wanted to spend more time with, people I wanted to spend less time with, areas I wanted, um, you know, things in my in my life that I wanted less of. Like I had one where, you know, I wanted to spend a lot less time, you know, um, in Excel spreadsheets, yeah. which seems so stupid, right? So something super small, but at the time I was spending like ten hours a day in, in Excel uh, on this finance thing, and. I wanted less of that Mm -hmm. and I wanted to surf more and I wanted to like spend time with my brothers and my friends and my family more. And, and they were like certain people, I won't mention them, but I wanted to be like, I don't want to be around these people. Hope it's not me. (laughs) I erased your name. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so that was, it was really important and, and, you know, maybe I'll post a guide on this, like, uh, with this podcast of like, just how to do that. And then like what, and I also put like, what are the things that I actually believe in? What are they? And like, what? And then how does that apply in my life? What am I going to do with those things? And for me, that was one of the biggest confidence boosters and self esteem boosters for me because it kind of like delineated my life, got it down to two pages. And like, this is how I choose to live. This is what I really believe in. This is really who Mm -hmm. I am. And like, and I felt good about it. Like, I didn't, it just took a lot of like uncertainty and gray area just
1: out did following uh following the construction of of that for you did it uh initiate any like grand changes in you know the way you lived your life on a day-to-day basis and and was it very gradual or was it very immediate
0: i had i had moments where it was where there were big changes uh-huh. i had moments where there were big changes um what was funny about it is now that i'm thinking back on it i think i wrote it right before i came here mm-hmm. like before i because at the time I remember feeling like I remember like I don't think it's super melodramatic but before I came started coming here I felt really weak in my body mm-hmm. and I felt like I'm getting older I don't want to feel weak in my body and then it, and it and for me it plays out in every other aspect of my life if my body feels weak then I feel weak everywhere else and so that honestly that's been one of the biggest benefits coming in here is like I just feel stronger mm-hmm. and, and and it plays out in every other aspect of my life but so i wrote it then like i felt at the time i felt weak i felt kind of alone i felt like no one gets what the fuck i'm going through and and i just was like i'm just done with that like i wanted to be done with that piece of my life i wanted to kill that part of me Mm -hmm. and get down on paper like what do i believe in and like here's what it is and if you don't like it then don't be near me. Yeah. It's kind of what I, it sounds, it sounds
1: a lot like just that reflection process for you allowed you to kind of organize and pursue the things that would, you know, create the most fulfillment and help you build confidence in the uh, departments of your life that maybe you were lacking on for one reason or another. Yeah. Um, and so is that something that, like you said, you had a process in, involved in that? Is that something that you're able to uh,
0: share, share in any way yeah. with the world? Yeah. 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 I'll put it, I'll put it, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, can put it in uh, I'll cross off the names but I'll put it in the show notes on this episode so you guys can check it <laughs> cool. out um because yeah it helped a lot it really helped a lot. and I got to say like it didn't take a long time I, it probably knocked yeah. the whole thing out in half an hour oh yeah you know I was just sitting at my desk and just did it and um and I showed it to my wife and for a really long time I actually left it on my desk like mm-hmm. right by like my computer so I saw it Every single day, and I, yeah. I wouldn't read it every day, but For sure. it would be there, and I would it would be like a mental uh, reminder or physical rem- reminder of it. And um, but yeah, it helped me out a lot. I think that might have been one of the biggest things, as I think about it, is you know choosing success over perfection. But I think also getting my personal manifesto down mm-hmm. and and realizing like, hey this is who i am and who i and this is really who i want to be i don't want to be i don't want to be this other guy that i'm becoming i think that's a big challenge for a lot of people is like they they see themselves you know all of a sudden and they're like jesus for the last 5 years i've been working in an office and i hate my boss i don't make any money my marriage is kind of like okay my relationships okay like i have okay friends and like what happened you know when i was in high school i wanted to be a fucking rock and roller you know and like i, I went from that now i'm like you know doing data processing for some big company and i think that's where people have uh bigger challenges and, and and i think people don't realize that in life you can take calculated risks and you know quitting your job or doing something different can have so many other benefits outside of just supporting yourself mm-hmm. but totally and i think that you know any anything that you pursue if it's you know,
1: where you spend your time or what person you want to have a relationship, whether that's a, you know, romantic relationship or not, I think that can very much, uh, th- those choices should make sure that they're coinciding in, in alignment with the things that are most important to you. And if you're spending time around somebody who, you know, all they want to do is go have pizza, beer and, and party on the weekends, and right. that's just not really, you know, where you want to be, then maybe you don't have to not be that person's friend, but you, Probably don't want to have a relationship where that's the person you rely upon to, you know, socialize or get you out in the world. If maybe there's other
0: healthier ways to, yeah, hundred percent, totally those things. That person's not going to be. Yeah, to your point, there. You don't have to stop being friends with them, but you have to realize what that relationship is, and you know, and put a value on that relationship. Somebody, somebody once told me that he said, this guy said, he said, every friend in your life, every family member in your life they all trade at a discount, which is like a stock thing. right? So basically like, so you sell a stock, if you buy something at a hundred bucks, you know, maybe the, maybe it's only worth, really only worth 90. So if I tell you as an, you know, so as it relates to people, so if I tell you I'm going to be here at 10 o'clock, I trade at a pretty high discount because your experience with me is that I'm always on time. Always. Always. Yeah. If not, I'm, always, I'm early like, yeah, and, I'm, yeah. and I'm early by like half an hour. Like It's ridiculous. It's a little ridiculous. I got in a car accident on the way to CrossFit. I was still early for class. It's incredible. So, but then there are other people who you might look at and be like, "Eh, we won't mention the people's names. I'm (laughs) picking up one guy in particular who shows up at class, who is getting dressed for class while you know we start. You know, you're talking about the warm up. That guy trades at a really low discount Mm -hmm. because even if he says he's going to be on time, you know that he's probably not not necessarily the worst thing in the world, but For you just sure. know that that's where, you know, that's where he comes. So I think that's, you know, to your point about, about, um, friendships knowing and relationships, knowing what discount someone trades at and where yeah, they're at. It's totally. important. Um, okay, cool. I think this has been great, man. Thank you so much. Um, anything else you want to add? Any final thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I feel as though, uh,
1: we've pretty well touched on the, the main points we wanted to get into today. And I, I hope that, uh, anyone who did choose to spend a little time time listening to us, which I appreciate um, is able to kind of take something away hopefully look out for your guidelines on making a yes. manifesto or some of your yes. own uh, experiences there um, and then yeah just being able to to uh, walk away from this with a, a little bit of a, a bit of a better sense as to how you can tra- take the cultivation of confidence uh, in your own hands as opposed to just accepting that you know you 're not confident
0: in something and that 's just how it is awesome goodness had a better um... Thank you, my friend. All right. Microphone cheers. Microphone cheers. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast today. Really appreciate you guys listening in. If you like what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And you can always check us out online at HeroUpMedia.com. HeroUpMedia.com. Talk to you guys soon.